Hey friends, welcome to Recovering with Danny. I'm your host, Danielle Van Kay, and this podcast is all about eating disorder recovery, being a single 30-something, navigating the dating scene, and going through, you know, an existential crisis or two. My goal as an eating disorder recovery coach is to help you start living the life you have always dreamt of. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to do a rapid fire question Q&A because I realize, you know, I take so much time to answer certain questions and fair enough, but that's more suitable maybe for a single booth session. You know, in these podcast episodes, I understand that you kind of want your answer quickly. So let's start off with, I'm going to think, I think I'm going to answer five questions today. I'll definitely go over on my Instagram and do another question sticker because I feel like I'm, I'm not running out of questions at all. But I feel like maybe we're going to spice things up and we're going to ask a few more. Um, anyway, so let's start off with the first one. Also, by the way, just tangent, side note. The reason why I'm doing this so quickly is also because my eye pain is ridiculous. As everyone knows, I have chronic Lyme disease. I'm not going to say it like over and over again, which affects my eyes. Therefore, I also don't do Zoom calls or Skype calls because usually um, I do it once in a while. I do FaceTime and it's not that my eyes are ruined at all. But the past three weeks have been awful. AKA like my eyes have been just very, very painful and that even like talking hurts. So um, I even took a day off today. Can you imagine? So it was a perfect moment to record the podcast. And so here we are. Uh, Okay, first question. How to keep recovering in a world where you are being told that you have to be clinically underweight? Well, I mean, imagine that less than 6% of the population who have an eating disorder are medically underweight. And which is, you know, what I find even more sad is that people in larger bodies are half as likely at those at a quote-unquote normal weight or quote-unquote underweight to be diagnosed with an eating disorder. This is just, to me, I I can't, like, literally, I'm like... (laughs) barfing all over myself it's so disgusting it's really awful so go back to that percentage six less than six percent of people are medically underweight so if you say you say to yourself yeah but i'm not underweight fuck that that's your eating disorder saying that so you know it's we have we're okay let's go through some statistics okay this is actually something that i know on the top of my head because it's so so extreme if i'm correct there's 10 points I think 10.200 thousand deaths a year. So that's one death every 52 minutes. I will never forget that because I once read that somewhere and it was like one death every 52 minutes. And 26% of those people attempt suicide. Can you imagine that as well? Yes, you can, because I'm sure once you have had an eating disorder, we've all had those dark thoughts. We've all thought, you know what, what's 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 the point? Um, and it's it's just awful. So all in all, this is your answer. Why should I keep recovering in a world? Yeah, our world, like I just said, it's fucked up. Like I said, people in larger bodies are half as likely to be diagnosed with an eating disorder. That's fucked up. How much can I say fucked up? A lot of times, clearly. But our world, like I said so many times, everyone 
deserves an award to be recovering in a world where we are centered like our our society is centered around diet culture our society is like living off of diet culture it's a billion dollar industry it's a multi-billion dollar industry and to be fair it's not going to go anywhere so you know here we are okay second question i have a delayed sleep cycle due to eating at night how can i stop that well i think you know the answer why do i always say well well (laughs) well it's again, you know the answer. Your your basically your body is digesting food when you're going to bed. So I don't know how much food this person is eating uh, before night, before bedtime. But I'm assuming like this person, which I see a lot, is that I kind of like already touched upon that in the previous Q and A. So if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back to that one on Q and A part. I think that's this is so good about m- having numbers in front of. Um, episodes i think that's episode 73 if i'm correct so um delayed sleep cycle yeah i mean your body has bigger fish to fry your body is like hey dude i'm digesting here so can you just wait for a couple of minutes before we're gonna go to bed so you know it's it's you're most likely saving up your calories up until the night because it feels safe because aka the migration response you're in an energy deficit so your body's like we have to migrate we have to search food oh we can eat food at night because that feels safe and so that's what you're doing maybe you're feasting maybe you're binging again not a problem but it's more the restriction afterwards and you're clearly restricting throughout the day i'm saying clearly i don't know actually anything about this person so I would say I'm assuming and therefore you may be eating a lot at night and if you're not even restricting throughout the day and you're eating a lot at night I would say you know what this is just a cycle you're in this is just a phase you're in um so let's say I have it completely wrong you're going all in you're eating in abundance you're eating everything in inside and before bed you eat a shit ton of food kind of like what I did Now, I actually slept perfectly, but that's also because I was high as a kite. I was stoned out of my mind because of all the medication that I was on due to Lyme disease. So we can't really, that's kind of comparing apples and oranges. But if you say, you know what, Danny, that's not fair because I'm eating everything I want in abundance throughout the day and I'm still doing that at night because my body is just asking for more and more and more and I'm getting eating induced hunger and therefore I have a hard time sleeping fair enough fair enough but that just means you're going through an extreme hunger phase and that will just go away that will dissipate so we'll just have to hang in there eat according to whatever your body needs but if the first thing that i said is true and you're saving up your calories you know exactly what to do so you have to eat a lot more throughout the day so in order to basically make make sure that you're going to sleep at night because Guys, sleep is so underrated. We need our sleep, especially in recovery. Our body is in constant recovery mode. No pun intended. Like everything is like in healing mode. As we're currently talking, some kind of organ is doing something. Like your left toe is doing something right now that we have no idea of. So please take into consideration that healing is... This is why I always say to everyone recovery is your full-time job is your it's your first and foremost job in the world all the rest is of course like the fun and games as in like a job and all that having a social life that's great but what 
it's 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 not in comparison it's like in the grand scheme of things what is most important that is your mental and physical well-being aka recovery so aka i'm already like answering this way too long but yeah you have to just make sure that you're eating way more throughout the day and if you're already doing that i would say this is just a phase you're going through and this will dissipate this will get better i'm like i promise you Okay, someone says, I have the fear of going impatient, eating unhealthy foods and not moving. Okay, well, this is your eating disorder answering this question. You do know that, right? So if you have a fear of going impatient and saying like, oh my God, because like I'm stuck there with all these people with eating disorders and I'm like comparing myself with all of them and it's just like this awful place to be at, that I get. But what you're saying here is completely eating disorder driven. So I would actually argue that the person who asked this question definitely needs to be impatient. Um, and you all, you guys all know how I feel about impatient. There's a time and place for that. So if you feel like I can't go impatient because of all the food and I'm not able, able to exercise, well, guess what? I... When you're starting to work with me, it's kind of like doing impatient from home. You still have the... that. I mean... I always say the neural rewiring works the best um, and I would even argue would only work. Well, not only, that's actually not true, but it's working the best if you do the things yourself. So let's say if simple example, you're you're stuck in a clinic and it's snack time and everyone gets a Snickers bar and or a candy like a Snickers candy bar and everyone's like oh freaking out freaking out and you're eating that Snickers bar reluctantly but you're still eating it most likely that fear response is not going to go away as much if you compare that to basically doing it on your own at home why well first of all I always I I always encourage everyone and this is also what I do in in my method is that I have people um Uh, basically repeat things a lot so it's a lot of repetition and also you do it yourself no one is forcing you sure I'm there on the phone saying you have to do this and please let me know if you did it not even if like when you did it but you're still doing it yourself as opposed to someone who's forcing it like down your throat pretty much so this person, the fear of going impatient, eating unhealthy foods and not being able to exercise, girl or guy or whatever is in between, please go do that. This is this is needed. This is definitely needed. Uh, because regardless if you're going to work with someone who's well-versed in the eating, eating disorder world, aka a professional, they're going to say the same things. They're going to make you eat processed foods as well, whatever you deem as unhealthy and not exercise. So there you go. Okay, how to deal with weight gain um, and especially in this world where diet culture is so present. Again, kind of like a same, similar question of the first one. Not, not the first one, but how to deal with weight gain. I always say to everyone, and this is not the answer that a lot of people might want to hear, but it's just the truth. Weight gain, usually accepting weight gain is usually what takes the longest because again we do live in a society where weight gain is being frowned upon frowned upon and <sighs> weight loss is just like being celebrated let's face it so 
you're gonna be like surrounded by that quite a lot like media tiktok you name it and so how to deal with it well you know you kind of you don't have to like it you don't have to love it you just have to accept it and embrace it and affirmations definitely help um a lot of self-love, implementing a lot of self-love, even if it feels kind of like semi-forced, you have to really do that. And what else is like let it, allowing the grieving process to also really, really happen. Because I think a lot of people like forget that this is partially grieving. You're grieving your old body. You're grieving literally like uh, who I used to be like prior, right? So um, that's a big, big thing. And there's different stages of grief as well. And I would say focus on your body as a vehicle. Your body is like this amazing vehicle that allows you to have dinners with your friends and have drinks and laugh and, and move your body in the way that you enjoy it. Like it's a literal a vehicle to do li- to live the life you ultimately want to live. So for me to shift that focus to, hey, you know what, my body is a vehicle as opposed to it's like an object and I'm being objectified by myself or by my eating disorder. That's not how it should be. So, oh my God, they're doing renovation next door. I hope you can't hear it. Um, it's not super loud right now, but I have a little bit of a window, I thought, but clearly not. Okay, let's go to the next one. How to stay committed when I'm chronically ill? Okay, well, this is something that I can answer very well because I am that person. I I could have asked this question. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it per usual. It's, It's just definitely harder. I would focus on the things that you still can do. So I always say to everyone, I think having a chronic illness made me way more grateful than any, like, person who doesn't have a chronic illness. So, um... I would say if there's also, you know, food intolerances, uh, allergies, uh, things you can't and can't do, that makes things more difficult. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to lie. It makes things more difficult. It makes recovery slightly harder, but not like undoable. Like it's it's still doable. And so uh, how to stay committed honey, you just have to stay committed regardless of if you have autism, ADHD, whatever it is, we all have something like we're not that special. Okay. I have chronic Lyme disease. Cool. Well, that's, that's special. It's not like so many people have something like the older I'm getting, I realize, oh my God, everyone has something going on. So how to stay committed, realize that you have so much to live for. And trust me, this is what I always said to myself, having a chronic illness and having an eating disorder, way worse than just having a chronic illness. That's pretty much what I can say wholeheartedly because I'm I'm there. Okay, last one. I think I've answered now six questions overall. I can't stop eating sugar. (laughs) I love this question because it's so like to the point. I can't stop eating sugar. Well, that's probably because you're sugar deprived. That's I always talk about a delicious deficit, not necessarily about an energy deficit and like just as a whole. But I think a delicious deficit, aka a sugar deficit needs to be addressed. And so your body clearly craves sugar a lot. So once you start eating sugar, your body's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, give me this, give me this. And so I would, I would say, and I don't, again, I don't know anything about this person, but I would, 
highly recommend just implementing a lot of more sugary things throughout your entire day. If you notice that only uh, you only allow it, I don't know, only at night or only at a certain time, of course you're going to go nuts. But if you allow yourself to eat as much sugar like in abundance, like at all times, your body's going to be like, thank you, I am like I'm good. I we filled up that sugar tank and we're 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 fine. So it's clear that your body is like I need more sugar. Um and you're in a sugar deficit. So that's pretty much the short but honest answer. Okay guys, I think we're going to wrap it up here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope the noise of next door of the demolition is not too I I think you couldn't actually hear it, but fingers crossed. I'll see you here next week. And I hope you will leave a rating and review because that's that's been really helping my um, overall just engagement. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, friend. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many people as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation and support me is by screenshotting and sharing it on social media. And I would find it so cool if you could leave a review as well on any platform you're listening on. If you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Danielle Fenke. See you here next week.